It's Craggy's Connick Rugby Podcast. It's the post-match podcast after a winning zebra. Uh, we're out here in Ballinahelm and TG Car Studios that have provided us with an excellent, massive TV that they have here today. Um, I've got William Davis, who's on co-commentary today. Rob had to, to rush off to a, a Mayo game, but um, your thoughts on a very strange game? Yeah, I think I said during the commentary that most games in Italy are a bit odd. There's there's always something happens in them that you just don't expect. Um, Connacht had that game won uh, at least once, and then it really, really got messy. Um, that's something they'll have to reflect on. But I think at this stage of the season, you simply take the five points and you move on as quickly as you can. They will have to look at why they fatigued. They lost concentration. They made some very bad decisions. There did seem to be a lack of leadership at times. Um, I'd have to go back over the game, uh, but I think they might have conceded four scores immediately after kickoffs. Now, that's that used to be a huge problem for Connacht, and then this season, and at the end of last season, it wasn't a problem, but today they could not defuse mm. any of the, the kickoffs, which is very odd. A better side than Zebra wouldn't probably have been 25 points down immediately after half time but when they got back to within four points a better side than Zebra could possibly have gone on and won it the fact that Connacht dug out three tries right at the end puts a gloss on it they played well in fits and starts but they've got to tighten up because if you give better sides those sort of opportunities they'll, they you won't get back you you'll lose you certainly will. Okay, here's the here's the story of the game. With um, maybe nine tries, we've got commentary on, so enjoy. Connacht driving towards the Zebra line off a five meter line out. It's a good, strong, tight maul. It has been defended reasonably well, but not well enough. Connacht now going towards the line. They're over the line. They've got the touchdown. Dylan Tierney Martin has got the try. A perfect start in a big game for Connacht to set the tone in their chase for the playoffs. They're five 0 up. And Connick now just needs to get the drive. They've done it once in the game. They bring backs in there as well. So they have about 12 players in this mall that's driving towards the Parma line. In fairness to Zebra Parma, they are digging in, trying to defend it. But Connick have got the extra shove on. They're over the line. Second try of the game for Connick. Second try of the game for Dylan Tierney-Martin. Connick catch the ball in the line out. Now set up the mall. And at the back of that mall is Dylan Tierney-Martin. Connick are driving towards the line. Dylan Tierney-Martin already has two tries. Can he get a third? Can he get that hat-trick? He's over the line. He's touching it down. Try! Connick take a quick line out. Clever play. Play gets the pass away. Tierney Halloran's in. In the corner for the bonus point try. Connick in trouble on that restart. Tierney Martin got hit backwards and then tried to just recycle the ball back. It took a lot of Connick players just to tidy it up. It's a real mess and Zebra have it now and they're going to score in the corner. They're going to attack again. Dylan Tierney Martin out to Angel is out there in the wing. He shows great hands and it comes back inside to O'Halloran and O'Halloran might be going for the try. Pops one more pass back inside to Caelan Blade. And Connick have a fifth try blade ball Connacht have a short side to attack but not much on the side he's going back inside they're 7 metres from the line slower ball as you can hear from my voice but they're still comfortably in control of the contest as Jared Butler with the carry Niall Murray with the offload Zebra don't have any defenders on the left hand side but Connacht are going back to the right hand side where Prendergast just attacks right in around the fringe of the ruck he presents good ball good clear out as well Murray was involved in that out quickly to Carty to Kilgallen who has to catch that and then try and get back on the front foot Kilgallen has reached out and got the touchdown where they're not tuned in is on the restart earlier on Zebra got a try out of a restart where Connacht just went to sleep at the breakdown 
they've done it again, William. It's every farmer ball inside the Connacht 22. Yep, they have, and they're going to score a try. They are going to score in the corner. Connacht get across to try and make the tackles, but Zebra get in for the try. Now they've got it in uh, across right to left through the back line. They're going towards the line. This could be the chance to get the try. I think they're over. I think they have the try. They most certainly do. And it's the big second row, Joss Furno. Connacht are hanging on a bit here, and you should never be hanging on when you were 25 points ahead at one stage. Now it's come out to Eden. He's beaten a man. He's laid off the pass, and they're in for a four try. Zebra Palmer underneath the post. Unbelievable stuff. They're just trying to see if there's something on the back line now. They may as well have a goal. Kieran Marmion might be the man to go for the line. He gets towards the line. Is he over? How's he not? It's recycled. It's still Connick Ball. They'll attack a second time. Is that the signal? Connick think they have to try. Adam Byrne has got in. Connick now trying to disrupt at the breakdown. Trying to get a turnover. But Zebra Palmer still have it. Tom Farrell's been making plenty of tackles. Made another one there and rolled away quickly. Good discipline when they needed it. Ball comes loose off the uh, rook. Can Connick get it? Lost it now, seven! Oliver was unlucky there. He's been good in the last ten minutes. Stepped up his game. That ball's loose. Could be intercepted. Is intercepted. Kieran Marmion has it in his hands. Marmion's over halfway. He's over the ten-meter line. He's inside the other half of the field. Over the 22. Underneath the post. Kieran Marmion wraps up this game now. And they can rest easy with the five points on the table after an absolute roller coaster of a contest. That was never in doubt, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> Niall Murray wins it. Can the okay, butler crown his moment with a try at the back of them all? They're going towards the line. Will be some way to make a debut. Connacht certainly are going to finish this game on the front foot. This is the last play of the contest, barring penalties. They're driving over the line. They've got the try, and I'd say it's to Butler. Yes, it is. The second highest points scored by Connacht against Zebra um, ever. I think the only other one was in a uh, Heineken Cup match back in the day when they scored 66 points in the sports camp. But it was their most points in, in Zebra. But it wasn't great, and Andy wasn't all that happy, was he? No, he wasn't happy. Dylan Tierney Martin wasn't happy. The players at the end of the game, Kieran Marmion, when he went under the post from the interception, he just touched it down and walked back. There was no over celebration. These are professional rugby players. They they analyse themselves. They analyse the opposition. They analyse their teammates. Analyse the referee, and they didn't do a good job on this man. No, they made some errors and there's something they're going to have to tighten up uh, at times. There was We could hear it. We had a very interesting, we had the full feed today, um, shouting at the referee. He warned them once, maybe twice. Uh, that's a sign of a team that's just panicking slightly, I think. And that wasn't a good performance. A good performance would have been, yes, we'll score nine tries and we'll leave Zebra at 13. We won't hand them tries we won't give them tries through missed tackles we won't give them penalties to get access we won't make mistakes on on uh, kickoffs yeah because you're, you're looking at if you, if you look at the situation that yes they have to win these games um, and we'll talk about that in a little while but the points difference they're still in the negative points difference now because they're they scored they got a 23 point win today they were minus 27 going into it that that's the sort of little thing that they need to be focusing on and use that as part of their focus because they seem to lose focus so many times today. Yeah, they lost focus in the first half immediately after they scored and then they went into half time with a bonus point and they scored immediately after. Now, to me, a side that's really on top of its game or at the top of the table, a Leinster or a Stormers, 
or maybe a monster of old would have said, right, it's now, uh, we're 25 points ahead of these guys. We'll start making a few changes, but we're now going to see how many points we can win by. Now, they did win by a lot of points in the end. But the point is, you you wouldn't let the opposition back in. Or if they got back in, you would make them work like hell to get back in. Connacht didn't do that. Uh, if you don't defuse the kickoff, if you give access through... Uh, poor penalties Andy Friend is correct there was one scrum penalty it was an absolute nonsense but that actually led to, to, to a try later on uh, but it was it was just wrong in my view and it looked wrong on the TV but referees make decisions and you have to get on with them um, yeah actually let's hear let's hear how disappointed and annoyed Andy was and as you say Dylan Tierney Dylan Tierney Martin because you you tried to make that little joke about the fact that I had a bet on him to be the first try scorer and he just Went straight over his head because he's still focused on the game. So let's hear what they have to say. Andy, can I start with yourself? Um, a 25-point lead suddenly became a four-point lead, and that was a squeaky job, but got it done in the end. Yeah, dead right. We just spoke about that in the shed. It was, uh, you know, we can't afford a knockoff like that. Um yeah, and that's not acceptable there. But what was good was the way we fought out of that hole that we put ourselves in, and and to score those late three tries, uh, it ends up being a good win for us and a win we needed. But uh, you're dead right, William. We we uh, we need to need to make sure we're not doing that too often. Any idea what happened? I mean, it, it seemed to concentration went a bit. Um... They maybe threw caution to the wind a little bit more when you're that far behind, but you weren't, Connick weren't answering the questions there for quite a while in that second half. Yeah, the restart causes issues. So we had, I think there's four restarts where they got scores off it or penalties or scores off it. So that's something we need to have a look at. Uh, that didn't help us. And then there was a, a couple of, of, um, the penalties went against us that was our doing, most of them, but uh, there was one scrum penalty in particular I thought that probably went the wrong way at a time when we just we needed to try and get a foothold in the game. But um, listen, it's, it's said, uh, you know, players have already spoken about that. And uh, so the nice thing was, or the good thing was, we, we dug our way out of it and had to come away here with a good win. If Sebri were team that had got a few wins under their belt or maybe were in fact simply a better side could that have gone completely haywire for Connacht even allowing for the, for the lead immediately after half time yeah it could have done but it didn't so as I said we're you know we're here we got five points is what we wanted um, scored nine tries uh, definitely let ourselves down in that second half but fought our way out Looking ahead now, I suppose this time where you are, you've, you've talked about the fact that it's all all cup finals, all must win games. Um, you'll examine this and look at it, but it's it's all eyes next on 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 the Dragons in two weeks' time. Yeah, really important game is um, well, yeah, that's our next challenge, and and uh, as we keep saying, you know, they're all they're all games that we got to be winning. So um, nice, nice to come away from from here with with the five points. In the end, it was ended up being okay for our four and against too. So uh, we'll, we'll get home tomorrow. Um, back at back training next week, and uh, big focus on us. It's the most important thing that we're 
we can only really affect that and then we'll have a close look at zebras uh, sorry at the dragons as we lead into that game uh, we're out here in uh, TG Carr, so we're out in the Goyltuck covering this game uh, on their facilities this evening. Uh, we'll be talking to the main hooker in a moment, uh, Dylan Tierney Martin, but uh, Owen De Butler coming on, getting a try. Big day for him, huge day for him, and especially for uh, Goyltuck rugby. Yeah, it was brilliant for him. I, I thought uh, well, I thought Dill, Dill did very well, and then to bring the butts on for his first cap and, and for him to get the last try there. Um, is real credit to him and uh, great having two homegrowns in that hooking role along with, uh, as we know, Dave Heffernan is as well. So, um, yeah, nice having these young blokes coming through. It certainly is. Uh, Dylan, congratulations. The fourth hat-trick in a row. So this seems to be becoming a, a team thing. I can also tell you that a certain gentleman in our organisation backed you for first try scorer today. So he's he's very happy. Didn't tell us, mind you. Um What's your view of the game? It, it, it must be a tricky one because individually it, it went very well. But as a, as a unit, you'll be looking at that and saying, maybe we need to up our ante a bit. Yeah, no, definitely. Friendly touched on it there. That put ourselves in a decent position in the first half. I think our pack was, was working really well at all time. Um, put ourselves in a really good position at half time, and then we end up leaking 34 points by the end of the game. So... It's just not something that should happen. I think a lot of it, is, as Friendly touched on as well, is it's unforced and we're putting it on ourselves. And we got messages on, we got fixes on the pitch for what was going on in terms of the restart. But I just don't think we executed it well enough. And look, it could be down to individuals, it could be down to the team. But I think it's it's just unacceptable in terms of the position we put ourselves in. We can't be putting that up. And look, a certain amount of credit has to go to Zebra as well. Um. They dug it. They dug it out of the position they were in at half time, and they really put it up to us, and they made it quite difficult for us on the pitch. Um, but look, five points at the end of the day, we're leaving here with. So um, we're not exactly happy, but we'll take it. Well, there's plenty. There's plenty of time to to analyze that uh, that and have a look at it. Uh, the lineout went well again. Also stole and put a lot of pressure on 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 their lineout. The pack went well. Um, as Andy said, there was one dubious penalty against Connacht. I couldn't believe that one actually myself when I was commentating. Um, any initial thoughts as to why the concentration or why the, the effort might have waned a bit? And then the good points, the good parts of the game were really decent at times, especially uh, converting turnover ball. It's, it's very difficult. It's very difficult to say that at this close to the game. I'd have to have a look back at it. In terms of my own personal thing, just felt like that we just at really easy times, an individual or multiple individuals might have switched off and given away like a, a free penalty or, or something that just gives Zebra a bit of a bit of impetus in the game. And uh, that's in my own personal sense. I don't know. I'll have to look back at it again. It's very difficult to say, but look, as you said, what went well went really well and we kept going back to it and producing it again and again. And I think we've had a couple of performances now in terms of as a pack, as a mall, where we haven't really got what we wanted in terms of mall tries and, and converting scores like that. But we've gone into war and scored them, but it was really nice to to be on the back of a, a really a mall that's working really hard today. And look, 
it's it's just it's nice to to be able to do that as a, as a pack together and, and put four tries out four more tries I think it was. Yeah, it certainly was. It was it was it was good stuff. Congratulations on your performance, Andy. I'll, I'll finish with one final question for you. Um, the the bench performed quite well today. They came on. Uh, was there a situation maybe? It was quite warm there. It was it was up, up around twenty degrees. Do you think that contributed at all to the that that is a little shock to the system when you've been playing in the west of Ireland uh, and around Europe in pretty pretty different conditions? Yes, it was a lovely day here, William, and and uh, it was warm, and you could see the way Zebra played. Like they wanted to move the ball and they wanted to move us around. So, um, as Dylan said, that that's a credit to them. You know they. They took their scores in that second half, but there was an element of fatigue, without a doubt. There's an element of lack of concentration. Um, you know, as Dill said, we'll we'll have a good look at that. He said it's already been spoken about in the sheds, and we can't change it. What we can uh, hopefully do is make sure we don't do that again. As you say, against uh, other opposition, we may well have found ourselves on the losing end, but we didn't. Um, we leave here with five points, and all eyes are on Dragons now. Good to hear them annoyed, isn't it? Even though they've scored nearly sixty points. Well, I, I'd have been disappointed if they came in there and said, oh, yeah, we did the stuff. No, Andy's correct. They got the five points. And that's really what matters mm. uh, because you have to do that at this at this stage of the season. They've backed themselves into a corner. The only way they can get out of that corner now is to fight their way out by winning games. Uh, but I thought it was interesting. Didn't Tony Merton said, uh, I asked him a rather overcomplicated question. I, 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 I should have stopped and started again, actually. Um, but he said, oh, it's too close to the game for me to think about that. Mm. And I, I thought that was interesting. He is a very he's a very tough critic of himself because he's a very honest guy. Mm. And he's he was honest when we've spoken to him before about his failings and the fact that he was struggling to get to the right level. And now he looks like he belongs at this level. He ran a very good line out today. He was good around the park. Um and of course, he got his hat trick, and he got his hat trick, and that's something that he probably will never—well, never say never—but he probably won't score three tries again in a game for Connacht because hookers generally don't. Mm. But that's something he can look back on with pride and satisfaction. But I think overall, they just wanted to be better. They want—they look—they were expected to win. They won. They were expected to score a lot of points. They did that, but there's something there that's not as clean, clean and clear-cut as they would have wanted. And the other thing is, I've, I, these games in Italy, they're they're just mad at times. They're very odd games of rugby. If you watch them, you almost they are completely different to any other games that get played in the season. Uh, there's lulls in them. There's inaccurate... I mean, the first half was a mess. The accuracy improved a bit in the second half. The rugby actually got better, uh, which is a strange thing to say because Connacht were under pressure for a long time. But there was less mistakes um, and they'll be back uh, on Monday and they'll analyse it and they'll look at it and I'm sure they'll be training. They've, they, this is a peculiar time of the season. They have a two-week gap now to, to this game against uh, the Dragons in Rodney Parade on, on Saturday night, uh, two weeks. That's another game they have to win. That's another game where they'd be expected to get uh, five points. That'll be a totally different game in terms of just the the way it's played, the pace it's played at. 
Well, it certainly won't be played in 20 degrees in Newport, I can guarantee that. Well, if it's 20 degrees in Newport at the first week of March, there'll be a, there'll be a shock, I can, I can tell you that. It could, if the, the weather forecast that we're hearing is, it could be played in a blizzard. Will it even be played? Will Wales, will the Welsh players have all gone on strike? Um, strange times indeed uh, over over in the Principality. Um, yes, and talking to the Principality, just looking at the scores here, um, we're sort of uh, a little bit into the game. Scarlet are doing us a favour because they're beating Edinburgh 14-0 and Cardiff are beating Benetton, which means that Connacht will, if that was to keep going, Connacht will move up at least one slot, if not more, in the table. Um, so... You're looking at a situation where they're almost in the top eight, which is not something we thought was going to happen about three or four weeks ago, but uh, this is something we were going to talk about. If they can beat the Dragons and get a bonus point there and then win their two home games, they're guaranteed eighth spot. doesn't matter what other people do because if by winning, by beating Cardiff and beating Edinburgh, they can't catch us then. And by getting another five points, they're guaranteed eighth spot. The question is, will they be able to get enough points to get into the the Champions Cup for next season? And I don't think that's possible. I think that would be the icing on the icing on the cake. Um, Look, Connacht haven't talked much about this. We've also avoided it. It's not an excuses business, but the layout of this season was a shambles. Um, Dreadful performance in Belfast. Still think that's... I still think that's the worst performance, worst game of the season for Connick. Didn't turn up. Then they went to South Africa. They should have won a game down there. Bundiaki sending off probably, but it did cost them the game against the Stormers. The Bulls at that altitude, probably not going to happen. So you're zero and three. Then you beat Munster. Then Leinster turn up and you play really well, but you lose ten nil and you're one and four. And from then on, you're play, you're 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 on catch up. Mm. The, the layout is wrong. The one thing that we knew was there was a certain number of games coming at the end of the season that were winnable. winnable. Yeah. Uh, today's game is winnable. Scarlet's is winnable. Cardiff at home is winnable. Edinburgh at home is winnable. Some of the in-between games that were winnable weren't won. Uh, one game out of six in the Interpros is not good enough. You're, you're giving yourself a stick to beat yourself with in those. The game at home to Ulster... And I know this stuff is all in the past, but it's part of where they are now mm. is has been caused by what happened earlier. And I suppose URC would say, well, this is great because it means that there's so much competition for places that at this stage of the season, even though we're now in this stop-start phase during the Six Nations, games really matter. They do, they do. And, and what's so important about it is that that's the first time Connacht have won three games in a row in the URC in two years, I think. Um, certainly this season. We've never managed to get more than one in a row. So if they win the next one, then all of a sudden they're coming into a game, a home game, on a four-game winning streak, which would be huge because then that should give them the confidence. And it's there. You could see it in spots today. You could You could see that it was there. The one thing I would question was at times one or two of the tries, it seemed to be a work rate issue rather than a systems issue that people weren't working just that little bit hard enough after a score had been made. And you can't, even when that is, that's the time you need to be switched on most. Well, you could also say even when you're playing Zebra. And yeah, that's, exactly. par- that's part of the problem because you won't get uh, opportunities to score as often as you did in this game. Um, so... Yeah, I, I would say it, it was a pretty subdued dressing room and I would say 
there'll be a lot of thought given to this. The, the, you know, the, the, there was a lot of disappointment after the Newcastle game that, that got them a, a, a quarter final, sorry, a round of 16 game in, in um, the Challenge Cup. But I mean, that was uh, is away from home. So there's been games throughout the season that have just haven't they haven't gelled and they haven't got the job done and there is uh, a lot of rugby to play and there's a lot of serious rugby to play for them. They know they have a round of sixteen. They know if they can keep winning and get this winning run moving, they will get a playoff game in the URC. It will probably be away to Leinster. Mm. I, I, I'm not worried about that. My view of that is it's a playoff game and you go and see what happens. Mm. If you lose it 50 points to 10, you're going to go, well, that's a big problem. But if you if you go up there with that view in your head, you will lose it. But it's just another game. But it's important to get to knockout rugby. Yes. It makes us, it puts us in top half of the table rather than the bottom half of the table. And maybe something, you know, just to, to, to finish it off with... <coughs> One more quick subject before we finish off on a nice bright note. Hopefully, by the time the next game is played, we'll know who the new head coach is. And that's bound to have some sort of positive impact on the players because at least they'll know who they're playing for next year. Whether it's, well, we know Pete Wilkins is in the run because um, they've told us he's in the top three. We don't know who the other people are. But Andy did allude to the fact that it looks like they might make that announcement in the near future, hopefully before the next game. I wish they would because it's 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 the sole topic of conversation at times. This has been a messy few weeks in all my years, either watching Connacht or uh, commentating or commenting on them. Um, I would point out that technically Leinster don't know who their head coach is next mm-hmm. season and Munster didn't announce their head coach last year until the middle of April. So it's still quite early. We're only in February. But it seems to have attracted a lot of comment. We know that Andy Friend is leaving after five years here, four as head coach, one as director of rugby. We know that Mossy Lawler is leaving. We haven't had it confirmed, but Devault Senecal appears to be leaving. That's the inference. So three out of a five-man coaching team is leaving. So there's three new people to come in. We still don't know who the head coach is, and we don't know if Colley Tucker is staying. Um, so it's it has exos- exercised a lot of comment. A lot of a lot of people are annoyed about it. A lot of people are frustrated. Um, I would say to them, I think it's probably not that odd mm. a situation. It just appears as if Connacht have been dragging their feet. It is a fairly heavy duty process. People apply for these jobs, and they. Connacht wouldn't be doing their due diligence if they didn't go through every application in great detail. I don't know how many people applied, but this is the time of year in rugby that players move and coaches move and directors of rugby move, and it's just the way it is. It's a slightly odd system that it all happens right at the start of the year when there's a hell of a lot of rugby going on. But I would like them to get this decision made. I think it would help. A lot of players have re-signed. There are certain players that haven't re-signed. We don't know yet the players that are not going to be re-signed. We don't speculate on that, and I, I think that's the way to be. This, These uh, men are working. This is their livelihood at this time of their careers. I don't want to be involved and in taking punts on who will and will not be around next season. Yeah. Um, 
but players will leave. It happens in every club in every season. Connacht average about 12 per season. Uh, that again seems a lot, but it's it's the nature of this particular beast. And we know the players that have been have resigned. Dennis Buckley being the last of them, uh, and there will be some more. I'm sure resignings, and I'm sure there are some people who won't be resigning either through their own decision or the fact that Connacht have decided that they're going to part ways with them. Um, and that's. That's why it's a professional game. And I think that should be respected by everybody. I agree. I agree. So we've been a little bit down, you know, considering we've just won one with a bonus point, we've been a little bit down. So let's finish on a positive note. We're out here in Ballinahown in Tijikara, as we mentioned, which is in the heart of the Gwaeltocht. And another Gwaeltocht player has made his debut tonight. Um, his brother Colm did it a couple of years back. And now tonight Owen becomes player number 947 for Connacht. And it's just fabulous to see it. And then to cap it all off, he manages to get a try. If he'd been on longer, he might have got a hat-trick. <laughs> um, brilliant. Did an interview with him in South Africa, um, which I think our Patreon uh, people got to listen to during the week. Um, as with most of these lads, has an interesting story to tell, tells it well. Uh, if you haven't already listened to it, maybe go back and listen to it. Um, very approachable, very level-headed young man. Uh, both members today, Galway born and bred, therefore Connacht born and bred, the two Marais on the field. Um, I would also spread the news around that Finlay Bealham is now the darling of the uh, Irish media. Mm-hmm. Um some of the crap that was written about him prior to the game against Wales when we appeared to be heading for a national catastrophe because Tyg Furlong couldn't play. He said an interesting thing today. He's been interviewed, obviously, in Ireland camp. And he said, Johnny Sexton just told him, uh, you're ready to do the job and uh, I have no issues. And he did. And he was even better against France. We've been singing his praises all season. So... uh, there are sometimes people are, are um, have comments made about them because of where they come from. Tyke Furlong is a world-class rugby player. He's a British and Irish lion. Mm. He's a phenomenal player. But uh, I'm just delighted that another player who, I know he was born in Australia, but he's been produced and his best rugby has been made in Connacht. Uh, it took him a while. He's a very interesting man. He'll be coming into Galway Bay, I hope, uh, to talk to us uh, when the all the hoo-ha about the uh, Six Nations has died down, and uh, that'll be a recording we'll be getting because uh, this guy this guy thinks in a different way, and uh, I'm just delighted for him. But for Owen Butler today, brilliant, fantastic. Uh, Cahill Ford had another very solid game, another produced in Connacht rugby player. That's what we want to see. We only want to see those players if they're good enough. There's no point picking mm-hmm. a guy over somebody else and saying, well, he's from Connacht. No, they, they, they don't have to be a hundred. They don't have to be hugely better. I would never get into that situation, but they have to be the right choice on the day. And that's what this coaching team are doing. They're picking guys. They have belief in them and they're working with them. Yeah, and it's, it's the number of young players. I think I put it in the stats today. There was four young players on that field by the end of the game today who started for the Eagles earlier in the season. You have Dara Murray, Cahill Ford, 
Sam Elo and Owen the Butler who captained that team. And so you're seeing that there is real progress coming through the academy because our academy doesn't have the numbers of some of the other academies but producing quality players, which is great to see. Okay, I think we'll leave it there, folks. Remember, if you want to catch our um, all our extra stuff that we give our patrons, you go to patreon.com slash craggyrugby and you can find out how much coverage we actually give Connacht Rugby because I think... Um, I think we covered them pretty comprehensively. We've got all sorts of extra little audio coming up over the next week or so before we preview the Dragons games in a couple of weeks' time. That's it, folks. Bye. Loose, cut it loose. Break out or nothing changes. Sad and confused. Don't wait until you...